This episode of By the Hood is brought to you by the By the Hood Intro to Precious Metals course. Have you ever wanted to invest in precious metals but didn't know how or where to start? Well, it's not your fault. Many of us were never taught at home or in school why this is important. Even if you are a stock or a real estate investor, precious metals are important to you. They provide a low or negative correlation to other asset classes. This means even a small percentage of precious metals in a portfolio will reduce both volatility and risk. By the Hood has put together this course as a way to build stackers from our community. So, with that being said, visit By the Hood University and look for the Intro to Precious Metals course. Use the coupon code BTHSTACKER to receive this course for $50. That's at a limited time, but it's $50. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood podcast or webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show, that's with gratitude. Just want to say thank you to everyone for all the support, our courses, our merch, just watching our content. We appreciate every bit of it because all of it helps us do the work that we do in the community. And with that being said, um, if you're watching this on YouTube, do me a favor. Please hit the like button. Please subscribe. Um, if you're listening to the audio format, whether it's Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is, please make sure you subscribe. Um, leave us a review, hopefully a good one. And just give us some feedback about a guest that we had thus far or someone that you want to see come on our show. I'm joined by my partner in crime as always, Core. Core, what's up, good brother? Man, you know how I feel. Every day above ground is a good day. So, 20, you know, I'm blessed. You know yeah, what I mean? 2020, that's a real statement. <laughs> it was a real statement before 2020, but it's just me. It's it just... Like solidify, yeah. 2020 solidified. <laughs> man, that's no doubt, man. Listen, and um, for those who may be tuned in for the first time or listening for the first time, our platform is designed to highlight brothers and sisters who are doing work in the community and business, who just uh, putting out positive energy. You know, and we got our brother on, man. I shouldn't, I shouldn't even have to really give an introduction, man. At this point, he's like the third member of Body Hood. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I don't know between him and Kamari, like they they like spent the most time on our platform, man. Um, I killed too. Yeah. Listen, man, we get this card in the building, man. Our brother, man, this is just us gonna have a conversation, man. What's up? Hey, what's up? Man? I need my chain, man. I need my body hood chain. Need... <laughs> yeah, we got like, like a Rockefeller rock chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta no, get a man. red hat. We That's your chain. <laughs> <laughs> we brought you on for a lot of reasons. And not to mention, Malik is like uh so this is three fit like three six actually of um uh the Black Wealth Project. We actually do a show that comes on YouTube and Facebook every Sunday called the Black Wealth Project with us three, as well as Kamari, as well as the Ivy Investor Courtney, and as well as Real Estate Tracy. So um, we got three six to the the Black Wealth Project here, but Malik's doing a lot of amazing stuff um in the community as well as business right now. He's actually doing both. So you on your uh your, your Nipsey John right now, so we want to bring you on and talk about some of the projects you're working on because I think it's very powerful. Um, but first things first, we don't have to give you like your whole backstory as we do with our other guests. If they, you guys want to see his background, that's on the last episode that he was on, which was I think like episode uh eleven or something like that. It was early on, 12, but um, yeah, somewhere around there. But the one thing I do want to say is that um. You've been doing a lot of different business. When we brought you on that time, you was a hundred percent, you know, real estate guy, man. Tell us about like you know, the change from then to now, like in terms of your business. Hey, um, COVID. COVID listen, COVID has really changed everything for me, man. It's like with the with the, the mandate to sit down and not move. I mean, 
really, even to this day, it's like since March, I don't think I have a full month of work in. Like I pretty much, I've been sitting down, watching these kids most of the time and not working, right? Watching everybody else scramble. I can't wait till they open back up, but I didn't have that, you know? And so, but at, listen, the first two weeks of COVID, I watched TV. I did absolutely nothing. I got super bored. And then I just, the exposing made me realize that money is still being made and I'm not getting it except for, except for rental income. And so I decided to, um, to change that. You know, I mean, I started, listen, I started writing a movie script. I started writing a book. You know, I started writing like a comedy album. You know, I, I just, there's all these little passion projects that I was doing. And then I was like, okay, let me learn uh, stocks. Let me learn, you know, some media content. And, you know, you know, thanks to y'all, some other people, you know, I really, um, it really exposed me to a lot and opened me up, you know. So now I'm definitely on my uh, on my stock journey, and and it feels good to be in that space. And I decided to teach also, so I have some things coming out where I'm teaching. I'm, I'm already transparent on social media, but it's one thing to get sound bites from here or there from four or five years ago. So now I'm gonna just bring everything together um, on my knowledge and like really give it out in one big bite. So people can get it all at one time and understand right, where I'm at and my lifestyle and how I'm able to sit for nine months. And I probably got another nine months to go before I actually have to get out here in these streets and work again. That's dope, man. Let me ask you this, though. Um, as someone coming from strictly real estate and mm -hmm. learning about the stock market, what was the biggest like surprise to you? Because I know a lot of real estate people have been having this argument for years about real estate versus stock. And I've always been in the middle, like, yo, do both, do both, do both. And I hear it from both. So because I say that, both sides cusses me out. But as a real estate guy who's learning the stock game, what was like the biggest surprise or the biggest like eye opener for you? Uh, the fact that the money, you don't have to wait till you die to, uh, to get some money. Right. So most people think investing in stock, they put some money in now. They have to wait, you know, 10, 20, 30 years and then. Um, you know, to, to make a profit. But, you know, some of the things that you guys taught me, some of the learned on, on the way, you know, I could take, I could take money out of the market every week. Yeah. You know, that was it. Yeah. I, I think that's important. So, you know, Corey, you can really say something, Corey? No, I mean, that's just an amazing, you know, transformation, you know, to go from sitting down and not doing nothing to just, all right, let me learn all of these things. Let me do all of these passion projects. Cause I know some people who ain't get off their ass at all and just, you know what I mean? Just sat through it, didn't improve their situation and didn't do anything to, you know, to, to switch up, you know what I mean? So they went right back yeah. to doing whatever they were doing right before the, you know, right before COVID. So, you know, let me, that right there, that's, that's amazing right there. Yeah. Let me ask both you guys a question, right? Um, I've been hesitant, like, on social media or online to talk about um, some of the things that some of the positives that happened from COVID and 2020 in general, because I know that a lot of people had a lot of loss. I mean, I had a lot of loss this year, lost loved ones. Um, my mother passed this year. I had a lot happen, but in, in just looking at the whole year overall, there were a lot of positives that happened because I was made to sit down, right? When you're not able to be in the streets or be out like, you know, just working all the time, you're able to sit down, take inventory. And a lot of positives have happened for me personally. But a lot of times I don't want to share that because I'm like, you know, I know people are going through it. Some people don't have income. They don't have that. 
could you guys, I just want to see if you guys are willing to talk about like some of the positives just overall that happened because of the pandemic. And um, I'll start with you, Malik. Yeah. So first, man. So first, I do want to say, like, I did lose my cousin. My, my cousin, he actually died of COVID. So he was incarcerated. You know, he was in a federal penitentiary and they didn't they didn't seek any medical treatment for him. Like, you know, talking to his mom, like they gave him a Gatorade, aspirin and ham sandwiches every day until he died. Oh, my and God. What people don't talk about, though, is that their basketball court had an outdoor tent full of bodies that people had died from COVID in that jail. And mm. and nobody talks about that loss, right? With people going through, like, through uh, incarceration, right? And so, um, and this is, like, the very beginning, right? Nobody really understood what COVID was, how to treat it. But now, yet and still, he was in the prison. What prison doctor is even going to even get close to, to an inmate and care enough about trying to save their life? He was yeah. not going to. They don't have any respirators in federal prison. He wasn't going to be intubated, you know, at the time. And that could have saved us. We don't know if he'd have lived or not. But, um, yeah, but having, but catching, you know, so his 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 drug sentence turned into a life sentence, you know, Man. and um, it's unfortunate. Mm -hmm. So I will say that. And and I also, you know, do want to, people that pray, it's another prayer to Saudia Schuler. You know, she's going through it right now, you know, um, She's in the hospital right now with COVID. She got pneumonia, I think I saw. She had like a bad case of pneumonia as well. Uh, I think I that's, 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 that's a thing with COVID. It is yeah, okay. Yeah, that's that's one of the, the one of the, the the late stage symptoms of COVID. Oh man, man. Pray, yeah. prayers to her, man. She's a, she's COVID, right. So, yeah, but listen, yeah. nah, she you know, you know, and, and she's for for all her critics, man. She does amazing things in the community, man. I I definitely always um yeah. salute. You know, yeah, so in country hooking. So she closed the store down now. And um, so while she fighting, so you know, rest up saw, you know, we need you in these streets. But um yeah. but not but not seriously though, it's like that's the tough part about it. But you know, me to have to actually like sit down and look at myself and look at my business and look at my life, like, you know, quite honestly, I'm like, you know, is living in this West Philly Row House you know, how I really want to spend the rest of my life. Like, my intent was to move back down the street to my other row house that I bought that's, that's having work as you my tenants pay it, you know, but my goal is, my, my original intent is, like, once my kids are older in a way, to move back to that house, not that was fully row, and and now I'm looking like, is my life, you know, what's fully row house, and I don't know if that's true or not. I think that I might have something else in the cards, you yeah. know, for me. So it was made yeah. you basically think, and, and and I want to expound upon that in a second, but I want to give Corey a chance to answer, man. Like, has anything positive come out of this year with everything we're dealing with for you? I mean, our business has grown exponentially. You know what I mean? We yeah. went from a street team. We went from a street team to an online team. You know what I mean? We was, we went from a, you know, we went from a, 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 a teaching organization to a business. Yeah. Um, because we had no we had no choice. You know, the people was clamoring us for clamoring for us to be a business, but we were so busy, busy actually doing the work that we couldn't even get to the people. And COVID made us slow down and get to the people. Yeah. And so, you know, that that was a good thing. And then on the other on the on the flip side, you know, my family personally, you know, we we you know we 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 moved 
we moved from Philadelphia out toward uh, right outside Houston. And so, you know, we went from living with the, the hustle and bustle of the city to where my son's is on a 10 acre ranch right now. And then until we get our permanent crib out there, we own the family property out there. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm back in the city, but my, um, you know, my family, my, my wife is working on that while I'm up here working on some more, some business projects. Mm -hmm. And so I'm able to do a lot more um, because I was able to rearrange my life because everybody had to slow down with me. You know what I mean? So when I slowed down, it wasn't like I slowed down and everybody around me was moving a million miles an hour. I slowed down and the world slowed down with me. So I got a chance to see things clearer. So when it was time to take my shot and make my move, I could just go because I understood exactly where I needed to go. I had the time to think and the, and the, and the ability to go ahead and do and act on whatever I was thinking about. Um, and so that, you know, that kind of life changing stuff. I got to see my, I actually got to see my family more during the COVID than I did before because, you know, I, you know, I used to visit my pop like five times a year. And then when I started having my own family, that became kind of burdensome with, with a bunch of kids trying to see my pop. But I seen my pop six times this year in 2020. I haven't seen my pop six times since I was like 10. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, that's a positive. It's, it's, it's definitely a positive, man. And for the folks out there listening or watching, um, I'd be interested to see, like, you know, hit us up online and on any platform. Let us know, have any, has anything positive come out of this crazy year that we're living in? Because these are the kind of stories I want to hear and also share. Um, Malik, you brought up something that I want to um, really talk about, right? Because me and you have had this conversation offline and we're kind of in a similar spot, but for different reasons, right? So I don't have any kids, but you have a, a son that's, that's, you know, growing and you have two boys, but you have one that's like getting a little bit older. Um, and, you know, I kind of talked to you about like living in the hood, right? So I moved out and then came back. And for me, it was a, a decision I made based upon the fact of like, you know, thinking about the community, trying to like stay in the community with my people, help my people and all that. But it's a constant struggle of feeling like, you know, I could afford to go here. Why not go here? It's like a constant fight that I have with myself. And I know that you share that because you shared it with me. But your reason was because, you know, you, you worried about your son. Um, my reason is like, it's, to be completely honest, it's like a fight that I have with myself about, um, you know, sometimes like you, you care more for people than they care for you and you try to do things. And, you know, so it's a, it's a fight. But I understand that as as a people, we're damaged people. But um, and someone has to help. Like you, you can't everybody just can't run away. Like our best and brightest can't always just get up and leave, which which is what, like, kind of the impetus behind the whole by the hood movement. But it is a struggle, and I, I just want to get like get your perspective in terms of uh, how you're dealing with that, and what are you thinking about? Um, because you're going through the same thing. Like you're from West Philly, you want to stay mm -hmm. there, and you know you have roots and 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 help the community, but you also you know have a different um, level of worry because of your son. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, so you know, of course, me me growing up, you know, from I was taking the but my parents split. You know, my dad was still on 33rd Street in West Philly. West Philly, not at the north side, West Philly side, 33rd Spring Garden, right there in that, in that corner. And then my mom at 54th Street. And so when I'm in fourth grade, I'm nine, 10 years old, I'm taking the bus back and forth. I wouldn't get on the L, but I would jump on the 31 and the 52 or 42, whatever it was, to get up here. You know, or maybe they had to walk through, you know, at that time it was Black Oak Park, which is now Malcolm X Park, you know, and 
we would have to worry about getting like jumped and and, and robbed. But like the level of weaponry these kids have, you know, without going too far off paths, I don't know if anybody paying attention to, you know, to to really uh, drill rap anything. But you know, so King Von was murdered in Atlanta uh, a few days ago, right? And so I never heard of his music, never heard of him until that time period. And then this past couple of days, I went down his history and it took me to like the history of the whole gangster disciple, black disciple. And I'm watching people were murdered. Like this one girl, 17 years old, had 19 bodies. You know, yeah. 14 year olds got Chikara. bodies. Like everybody. About What's that? Her name is Chikara. I seen a whole documentary about her. So yeah, I'm familiar with yeah. all that. Yeah, I mean, and so the, and, to, and to watch the level of weaponry that these 13, 14 year olds kids have access to, like, blows my mind. Like, if somebody went, if somebody had a gun, that was a big deal. It was guns in the streets. But if you was a teenager, like your brother was in, like the JBM or Dully Boys, they might have had a gun, or just in the streets in general, they might have had a gun. It was an old Rusty Thirty Eight or something <laughs> like that. Think about the movie Juice. The whole movie Juice is based upon them getting that little little dumbass revolver. Like that's nothing. <laughs> yeah, right. 2020 is like, yo, what is that? Like, that's nothing in 2020, but... I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, that wasn't my childhood. So, but I understand what you're talking about. Right, right. Your no. child, but right, that shit is right. So people had guns, right? Did... Everybody, where, where I'm from, everybody had guns. Everybody Every yeah, single it, person. No, it's, still, it's still different, Court. Yo, these kids are walking around with rocket launchers in 2020. And that's not that's not hyperbole or an exaggeration. Like, I can show you, I like... They, I they, 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 know, they, nobody had a rocket launcher, but... Every everybody where I'm from had a gun, so is is not. <clears throat> this is not foreign. This is not foreign to me. That's right. that's all I'm saying. Is 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 not. I, I it's not more that it shouldn't happen, but it's not foreign. But it's the not age normal, it shouldn't happen, but it's not foreign. Cats huh? be twelve and thirteen. Cats be twelve and thirteen now with like ten bodies. Like that's not normal. I, I, you know, here's the thing. I ain't know nobody. Know. I ain't know nobody with that many bodies as a, as a youth. But I'm, you know, not no 10 and 12 year olds, but I'm just saying, man, like this is what it's reminding me of is the late, late 80s, early 90s when bodies was just dropping everywhere in the crime rate. Like it was 500 people, 600 people a year. Getting I mean, killed in Philadelphia. Here's the, here's the thing. Statistically speaking, the worst of times um, was even past that. I was looking at the data. And it was like a thousand murders or something. Like um, it was in the, it was in the nineties. I think the late nineties may have been. But so statistically speaking, but it's still different because, for one, it's the access to information, and also it's like when bodies were dropping back then in Philadelphia. A lot of times it was criminals killing other criminals. It wasn't as many like just random folks getting hit for no reason. Like, you know, what I'm saying I, I put up a post the other day. I was like, yo, the Citizen app, right? I probably should delete it for my mental health. But it's also like the most entertaining app on my phone. <laughs> and I was joking when I said it, but I wasn't joking because it's like all kinds of craziness. And it's not even just the, the shootings and stuff like, you know, the, the woman walking down the street with the pots and pans. Anybody got the Citizens app, you know what I'm talking about. Some of the craziness you see on there and then cats recording video. But um, it's a little different. But with that being said, though, like what's the struggle as someone who wants to do work in the community, someone who wants to build a business? Um. But you also know that because of what you've already built, you have the ability to leave. Because here's what I will say, and I'll get, let the floor, you the floor, Malik. Um, when you're the only one that's staying, it makes it difficult, right? So I know a lot of people that come from where I come from that are successful, but they all leave. Everybody, right. like they can't wait because 
when you think about it, since you were a child, you're taught like you got to, uh, you know, get away from here. You're taught that success means leaving your community, which is kind of crazy, yeah. but that's what yeah. you're. So as someone we, like, I'm going to change that. Say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it out. Or they say, I'm yep. make it, I'm going to get out, right? But when you talk about me, like my son, he'll be nine in March. So he's entering the age of being a threat. Like he's a perceived threat, not by, you know, not only just by the people, but but by the police or everybody else. He's a perceived threat, you know? And even though Black Oak Park, Michael X Park, was very damp back then, heroin needles, everything else, I still felt safe in that space, you know, when I'm going through that park and same thing with Cedar Park. And, but at, at this age, but like I said, my worst worry was getting jumped or, you know, or getting beat up and robbed. Like that was my worst worry. It wasn't, it wasn't somebody killing me. And like, so my son had to think like, at what age, my son is, let's be not in March. At what age do I feel comfortable with my son going to the park by himself? And it ain't eight, ten, ten years old like I was. I, it's just, it's just not that anymore. And so for that reason, like, so I'm not leaving to abandon the community for something else. You know, it's just that when I start thinking about, you know, my quality of life and the noise pollution and the safety and everything else, if I didn't have kids. 100%, you know, I would um I would stay no problem. And, and even and even still I still may stay, but it's just you know, how do I make sure my son son is street smart without him risking his life? And then there's also the and then there's also the the appeal of the street. You know, even so even though my son if my son gets into the street at this point it'll be unauthentic. You know, because a lot of people is, is out there out of necessity, you know, not out of not out of want, you know, per se. Mm -hmm. And so there's there's always that there's always that thing with my son. He might have friends that hang out at the Chinese store. Right. And they like, you know what? I'm here with them all day long. I might as well get a pack. You know, it's like you got to think like all all of these, all of these things, man, it's a lot. You know, and then is my son going to be, you know, banging on Instagram if he's going to say something crazy <laughs> or y'all do the 54th Street, y'all ain't this. We going to pull up then. It could be that. It could be, it's the, you know, he getting shot, you know, over yeah. over Instagram post. You know, it's, 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 no, it's way, it's way different, right? You know, man, listen, it was crazy, right? I was watching one documentary also again, also once again about Chicago. They were in there arguing on Twitter and on Instagram about who got more bodies. Oh, I got more bodies and more temps than you. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, this yeah. is a whole different yeah, you, scenario. You went like, on social media, that, though. That's crazy. So you, went, like, you went down that rabbit hole. I've been down that rabbit hole because I know all these documentaries you're talking about. It also is for the proof that I spend way too much time on YouTube, though. I say that every time we do a video. Like, I'm on YouTube. Like, if, if the people know how much I watch YouTube, they say, yo, something's wrong with you. But I mean, those are all excellent points, man. It's something we got to think about. But I think that, you know, we talk about gentrification, but we don't talk a lot about reentrification. If there were more people that, you know, have skill sets that and, and abilities and businesses and and cared, if we somehow move into the same neighborhood, right? Yeah, I mean, we, so we, we talked about that. But only thing with me, honestly, it wouldn't matter, right? It, even if this was an affluent, you know, um, upperly mobile. You know, black neighborhood, or even if it was safer, honestly, 
I, I probably would still go because at this point, you know, I want some dirt. You know, I've been practicing growing stuff in my backyard. You know, I just I want I want that life, man. I want to look like you know, little like little farm, like a farm in the city. You know, something like that. I just need like a you know three quarters of an acre, nothing crazy, but something I can't get here. You know, yeah. and I want to you know different things I want to I want to do and what my life looks like. I can't. Get so I was looking up, you know, between Durham. People know I was in Durham. You know, I was looking at Charlotte. I was looking at Atlanta. I was looking at Ghana. Like those are like my number. You know, my, my top places that I'm considering moving to. You know, but I got a lot of different variables. But but no, I do agree with you. I think the best of us um, should should 100% stay. But at the same time, you gotta. It's, it's a very delicate balance. You know, my son was younger. Cool. My son outside in these streets by himself. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, my wife made me move out the hood. Like. Cause I moved back, you know, we had some family properties we was living, you know, in the family properties and not really, you know, we was able to stack a bunch of money, but my wife didn't want my son to see that amount of violence, not even partake in it. She didn't even want him to see it because it becomes traumatic and she didn't want, you know, we work in special education and we see the responses to that kind of trauma. And my wife was like, we got to get out of here. You know what I mean? Like, because my son wasn't picking it up because, you know, we knew how to shelter him from it or whatever. But there's there's some things that we couldn't shelter him from. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm getting into arguments with people because they selling dope a half of, you know, like, like 10 feet from my house. I'm like, yo, I don't care if you sell the dope because, you know, drug addicts going want dope. But you gotta, you just gotta move it. So when the cops come raid, they don't raid my house. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I'm not one of them people who talk about drug dealers and all of that kind of stuff. I just, I don't like the disrespect. And then, and so I was getting into a lot of arguments, and I'm not really an arguer. My wife knows I'm a fighter, and then I take it to wherever people want to go. So she was like, "We gotta get out of here because." I'm worried about you. You know what I mean? Like in, in, in me taking it to a place because I'm from there, I know where things go. And so she was like, I don't, she was like, you got too much going to, to get caught in this. Like, why, why are you doing this? Like, there's no yeah. reason for you to be doing this. So, yeah. you know, she I mean, made that's, me. That's, that's the constant yeah. fight I'm that tell you, you have. My, my, last, my, last, my last straw really, man, was a couple of weeks ago, uh, someone was murdered like a, a block away and like it wasn't, you know, I'm used to like gun violence and everything else, but it's me having to tell my son to get away from the window, you know? And at that moment I was like, you know what? Yeah, it's time. It's time. Yeah, man. That's tough, man. You know, but these well, conversations, well, conversations are needed. That's why I wanted to ask you. Listen, listen, if we cut the gun violence down, by thirty percent, like not not the same no gun violence. If you cut it down by thirty percent, you know you want to justification will be solved because you won't have everybody trying to pile into the into the uh, so called safe neighborhoods. You know they can spread out. I mean, by just thirty percent, it's not even a, it's not even the, the, the crazy part is right. Uh, there was an article, and and they were talking about that like eighty percent of the gun violence is committed by two percent of people. And the same people over and over again. Yeah, and so exactly. it's, it's not even a that's, bunch of people doing it. It's, a, it's, you know, it's, it's the same. Crazy. 
couple of people. As someone who looks at data, I saw I saw a study that was done. Um, and I think it was in the Inquirer, but they did a study on the violence in Philadelphia and the poverty. So they had the maps drawn and they like laid them on top it of each other. Overlaid. It was. It, <laughs> it fit like a glove. One map. It fit, it fit like a glove. I was like, ooh, yeah. Right. Um, and so and so and that right there is a, is a good segue, right? Is and so anything we could do to get money. So that you don't have to knock somebody over the head to eat, you know. And I, I promise you, man, if people, okay, we take you're going to have the random violence, right? But like, okay, if you give five hundred dollars a week, you won't commit the home invasion, right? If you know you get five hundred dollars a week, maybe you won't have to be out there, you know, sell that pack when you early, you know, when you're younger. Like, it doesn't really take a whole lot of money. You know, and it's crazy. It's barely above the poverty level. Five hundred dollars a week is only twenty six thousand dollars a year. <laughs> so you're talking about just to take people from desperately below the poverty level to barely above it. It would change the whole. It would, it would change every because now you know you're gonna eat. You know you got it over your head. Like you know when everybody out here, you know. It's like, yo, man, like, damn, the, the, the gas got cut off. Ain't no food in the refrigerator, you know, and they're they they are desperate. Like, there's a lot of people committing. Yes, you do have serial killers parading as gangsters. You do have that, right? You do have sociopaths parading as gangsters. You got all of that, right? But what you also do have are people that are in desperate situations. And my thing is like, okay, let's get as many people out of those desperate situations. Like we get a couple of people out, you know, and then people look at like the working man as a sucker, you know, they look at like, man, I don't really want to get the job, I want this. But it's like the way what I put together, I, mean, I told you guys a couple of times, I kind of expanded on it, but I really sat down one night and really thought about it. How can somebody that makes about $30,000 a year become a millionaire? And all it takes is discipline. It takes discipline and investing. You don't, you don't have to be Rick Ross to be a millionaire. Your life can be very easy. Listen, in the city of Philadelphia, you never tell you who the happiest people are in the city of Philadelphia? Except the drivers. Except the workers be the happiest people in the city. They drive their bus, make 100 racks a year, real easy, low stress. They got a bed, they got a nice car, they chilling. You know, like, like, and just to be a, a, a accepted bus driver, like the quality of life of accepted bus driver is way better than 90% of every drug dealer in the streets. Mm. You know, but it just got to get up and go to work and somebody got to tell them what to do. Oh, yeah, today you're going to be the 31 route. You know, tomorrow you're going to be on the, you know, you know, on the 22. You know, it's just, it's just that. And so people, it's like, if everywhere, everybody around you, and that's why I believe in mixed income neighborhoods, you know, and you got to figure that part out. But everybody around you, if the, if they know how to scam, I'm tell you one thing, man. When I said manage public housing, the one thing that everybody knew how to do was get SSI. And everybody knew how to manage to not get evicted, you know, if they just try a little bit harder. It's very difficult to get evicted from public housing. If you got evicted, then you were it was either drugs or mental illness, or you just didn't care, right? It was, it was any, any of those things, right? But it's like, 
let's let's normalize having a decent life. When everybody knows you're not gonna be able to get that chain, you know, and a lot of, a lot of that self-love and self-esteem coming from the Gucci belt, like you got a Gucci belt, but you know, your gas is off. What do that I'm saying? What did that matter? You know, it's, it's how people perceive you in the street, you know, is what matters. Like I got I look great in the street, but my home is a wreck, you know, and we gotta get that self-love. So people's like, all right, I just wanna have a quality of life and it's a decent quality of life. And so you get the people that let's get the people from their brink. The people from the brink that like the only way I can eat is committing a crime. We'll get them, we'll help those people. So the only people that's left are the people that want to be out there. And we try to get a couple of them. And then we help people that's you know on the re-entry. People come from prison. Like it's crazy that until last year, you couldn't really be a real it's very difficult to be a realtor, I'll say you know, with a felony. Like a lot of licensing you can't do, you know, a lot of jobs you can't do with a felony, you know, whatever else. And so you got circumstances right now, people getting rich. And my cousin did 10 years for, for weed. It was in. People now getting rich off of marijuana. So teach people these skills. And you know, I think America as a whole is doing terrible because when you think of America as a machine, right? And everybody in America is a sprocket, got big sprocket, small sprocket. If you neglect, if you neglect 13% of that, of those sprockets, your machine is gonna collapse. So mm -hmm. America probably needs to invest in that 13% to make the entire machine run better. You know, so the America cuts off his nose by his face. They, they neglect 13% of the population to so that everybody else can ignore them and now your whole machine is collapsing right so we just got to get these people stabilized and get some of these gun crimes down and so we really got to you know do this i kind of went on the tangent a little bit but no, that's fine because you what you said you made an amazing point right i, I remember um watching uh hbo has the documentary on uh, warren buffett right um i forgot what it's called but in the documentary he talks about his sisters and how he feels his sisters were smarter than him. But at the time they grew up, women weren't allowed to like, you know, work in a stock brokerage or do anything like that. They had to work in the house. And he was talking about like the neglect of women in the country. But he said that you take half of the population and you just put them over there. He was like, how far behind are we as a country? Because we're taking away like half of our brains and not, not really investing in them because they're just supposed to be sitting in, you know, at, at home in the kitchen. And it kind of goes to the point you were making about like, you know, um, some of our uh, disenfranchised people, like we just throw them over there and you don't know how far along we could be. We might have a cure for cancer right now. You just never know. Like, you know, when you neglect a certain level of folk, what you're neglecting. Um, and I think that that's an excellent point, but that's why you put together the programs that you put together. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to bring you on here. So going full circle. But first off, before we talk about your programs, I definitely want to give a shout out to your son because we talked about him a little bit because I peep you got his, his brand on. Your son got his own clothing oh, yeah, brand at yeah, nine yeah. years old. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, fun, kid. You know, which is no, kind of cool. No, 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 that's fine. So, you know, we, we're not making trust fun kid like a, a, a derogatory uh, word anymore. You know, you're not, we're not talking about that. As we're talking about now, we need, we need our kids to have trust fun, you know, and we're, and we're talking about that, what kind of job was done on us where, like, you know, in the hood, you talk about, I'm a trust fund kid. Like, that was a negative thing. Like, how crazy is that? <laughs> when you think is, about the science, like, everybody got to work. The, the connotation is that trust fund kids don't have to work. And so when you when you have a negative connotation of people who 
don't have to work for every single thing, right? Because in the hood, you gotta hustle, you gotta grind, you gotta work for everything. And so when you when you have people who don't have to do that, the people from the hood that have to do that, they have a negative connotation for people who don't have to do that. Whereas the other the other people, the, the rest of the world has that exact opposite thing going on. Where if you work too damn hard, you you know they the, the rest of the world live in a caste system where people that work too hard can't even get certain jobs. Like, oh, you work that hard? Ew! Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Seriously? Like, no, I know you, you right. You right. Like, I'm with Malik though. We got we gotta um we gotta uh you know um change the way that change that whole belief, right? So I just want to give him a shout out. Okay. Because you got his, hey, uh, the shirts are definitely uh, available. His um, his brand on. You know, the, the shirts put the link to your son's brand. I'm going on nine years old. The trust fund kid. So we want to bring light to that, but yeah, but we do want to bring up um some of the programs that you got going on because that's one of the reasons we want to bring you back on here because we talk a lot about our feelings of, you know, um, staying in the hood, leaving the hood, some of the problems that go on in our inner cities, um, and you're one of the people just like us who say, look. Instead of just complaining about it and writing statuses and, and, and you know, thinking you're actually doing something by right, putting a tweet out, you want to actually take action. So you got a couple of things coming up. I know next, I know this upcoming Saturday, you have a, a webinar um, about real mm -hmm. estate uh, under Biden. But you also right. have this special program that we want to talk about that's going to give people within this area or if you're willing to travel to this area an opportunity to learn to be a real estate developer hands-on. And I think that this program you've come up with is powerful because there's a lot of people who sell, you know, um, real estate courses. There's a lot of books on real estate, but you know, what you're doing is just something different. So could you explain to our audience exactly what you're doing in terms of teaching an up and coming real estate developer? Okay. So what I want to do first off is the town hall meeting this is a free meeting that I'm doing next Saturday. And if the guests, if they want a, um, a link, then they could just uh, text Biden to 215-366-0011, and you could register for the webinar. We're going to have it's a town hall. You know, I must say my point of view, and I'm going to give like, my future outlook on the city, and then we could just talk about it and hash it out. You know, it's not going to be a lecture. You know, I'm going to just give my point of view. And I think, I think my point of view is – probably a little bit different than I think um, a lot of people going into the next year. And so I'm going to share my opinion on the state of the market where we're going and, and also with some facts and we can just have a discussion. You know, that's, that's what that is. You know, um, so I put together the other program really because I was challenged. You know, I was, um, you know, I, I said to somebody at their teachers that I didn't like something. And that person said, you know, kind of got smart. Well, well, since you know so much, why don't you teach? And that kind of shut me up. And I was like, okay, well, and I never wanted to. Honestly, I never had the desire to teach. I never had the desire to, and people came to my house. I would talk a little bit, but I didn't never wanted to, you know, bring them all the way through the process. I felt like they were getting in the way, you know. But what I'm realizing that, man, is when I, when I see real estate in the city of Philadelphia, as I see it, I see it as um, most likely a black wholesaler going to another black person, taking that property, and they're selling it to a white developer. And then a white developer hires his non-black, whether it's Mexican, white or whatever, um, crew to rehab the house. 
and then they list it with a white realtor. They're going to have a white loan officer and they're going to have a white appraiser, you know, a white title company and all that. So the only people that get a piece of that is the wholesaler get a little piece of change and the seller may or may not get a piece of change as black. Everybody else white. And, and I'm like, yo, if we suffered through these neighborhoods for all these years, we need to cash out. It's like all these other white cats, man. I was talking about one developer in particular today to somebody else. He made his fortune over the past five years all in North Philly. He made millions of dollars in North Philly over the past five years. And then he has the, I was going to get angry. I'm not going to get angry, but he's um, this cat. But he made some statements, some orders are coming out that he don't like. And so he, um, he put out a statement that is racist to the people in that community because the city is um, holding down the property values. So the people, the, the, the black, the poor black people in the community have been held down by the city. But I'm like, yo, be honest, man. You got millions of dollars tied up in this black community and you don't want your money messed up because of it. And there's people like him, other developers, I'm like, nah, we got to get to it. And so what I want to take away all the mystery. People say that they don't start because they're scared. They don't have the money. They don't know how to do it. They can't find deals. We're taking all that away. And not only that, the, the most difficult, the, the the most difficult part of this of this industry is one finding the deal and the contractors. We're taking that part away. But so we're gonna go through. I'm gonna I'm gonna show them how I deal with my contractors. I'm gonna show them how I deal with the architect, how to deal with the structural engineer, how to deal with LNI. Um, the house that I'm doing in particular is a burnout. So I'm going to have to take the whole roof off. So it's going to be no roof. And after you do a house like this, then there's no house in city Philadelphia that you can't do. The only difference is the back wall hasn't collapsed. You know, other than that, I got to replace joists. I got to widen. I got to do a lot of different things in this house. And we're going to talk it out. And what I don't want to do is just say, hey, everybody, have a course where I bought a house, watch me rehab it. No, because people are not going to remember that. I want them to actually be involved in the decision-making process of the layout of the property, of the material selection, pricing material out, like have be involved in all these things. And one of my uh, requests, they don't have to, but I request that when they take notes, they take it in their own handwriting so it commits to the brain better than when you type it on in your Evernote or whatever app you do, your phone, laptop, whatever, right? And so we're going to learn every trade and the rehab process. We also, at the end of it, at dawn, we got help you get an LLC. Should you choose to get a general contractor's license, which in this business, you, in this business, it kind of goes, you know, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. You know, if you, by getting a GC license, you open yourself up to more liability. By not having a GC license, you open yourself up to um, being beholden to other people. And so I chose to uh, get my GC license, you know, and I just got buy, I buy extra insurance, you know, for that for that purpose. Um, and another hindrance is the finance. And what I'm going to introduce everybody to the lenders that I use, like personally, we're going to have a whole class, you know, and I'm going to bring the lender to um, to talk to them. To put so them actually, to. If they sign up for this program, they're going to get all your connects. Like they're going to get all yeah, your connects. As well as All being able to make a decision on this property, they can get everybody but the towel guy, man. Everybody, you know, that's you know, <laughs> get the towel. 
But listen, the, the, the plumber, the electrician, HVAC person, the framers, the sheet rockers, I'm going to give them everything. And I'm going to teach them how to never be burnt by your contractor. Yo, you know? your towel guy must be Kaiser Susan. Listen, man, hey. listen, Malik won't even give me the towel guy. His towel guy got, must be the best towel guy in the country, dog. Like yeah, Kaiser you know, Susan. I'm, I'm, I'm going like, to spy on one of his jobs so I see towel being put down. Because this guy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, whoever, whoever the towel guy is, if you watch this episode, you are a legend that none of us know who you are, but you're a legend. You're um, a legend in the game. But the fact is that that one statement you just made is enough for someone to sign up for this course because you said that you're going to show them how to never get burnt from a contractor. I wish I would have had a course like this a couple decades ago because I think I've been burnt by every contract I've ever hired, including in 2020. So, um, and and to all you contractors out there, y'all all should be tossed in a pit of unfortunate. I hate all of you. Um, <laughs> so I think that like what you're doing is amazing because you're going to like help people literally get in the game and, and get started. Right. It's not just about like, you know, um, watching a webinar, reading a book, taking them out in the field. And, you know, they're going to get hands-on experience. Like, so I, I think this is pretty dope, man. I think this is amazing, man. So um, we're going to make sure that we put the link to this course within the show notes as well as uh, within the description box on YouTube. But um, I know that part of that is showing them how to actually find deals. And I think that's worth his waiting gold, too. I know you mm -hmm. partnered with another one of our alumni on that. Um, talk a little bit about that piece. Right, so we um working with Tom Rusty Bully, and we coming together with his program and linking them together, making it all this whole massive thing. Once again, taking everything out of it, where you know mainly Tom, but myself, we're going to teach you how to find opportunities. You know how to find opportunities for yourself, whether if you marketing to keep for yourself to flip, or whether you want to um keep it as a whole. Or whether you don't want it, then you could, you know, sign a contract or or wholesale that property to somebody else. And we're going to do that simultaneously. So realistically, by the time you finish the class, it's a, you know, you may have a deal already done, like your next project is already done, you know, or you could wholesale it, you know, make some money, you know, while you're doing it. And then, like I said, not, not only is he going to teach you, he's going to set up your whole first campaign. Like it's going to um, set up your funnel. Set up your phone number, just set up everything, and you pick a zip code, and we're gonna do all the marketing for you. Like, so there's nothing for you to do. And so we're taking like all that first step I'm nervous, that's out the window because we're doing it. And there's no way you're gonna tell me that if somebody call and say, Hey, I'm Mr. Johnson, I wanna sell my property at 123 Main Street, that you're not gonna follow up. You're in the game now. You in the game, like we we're pushing you in the game. It's like sink or swim. We throw you in the deep end. You're like, yo, we, you once you swim, you'll be good. You'll be in this business forever. And and same as me, the reason why I'm I can move to other cities is because these skills translate. When I was talking about moving to Ghana, I'm not gonna sit still. I'm gonna build a house in Ghana. Like these skills, you could translate anywhere in the world. Like to build a house is to put the house. You know, the only the foundation be a little bit different in the exterior, but the plumbing, the HVAC, electric, that's all gonna be the same. So you mm -hmm. can do this anywhere else in the world. And you one know, of the so things, we, I just want to say one of the things that you also get by um taking this course is you also get access uh, to Malik and Tom, and that's worth like millions right there because both of these brothers get to it. Listen, you can go follow his page at Real Estate Coach Carter um and follow the Real Estate Bully. That's uh Tom who's been on this uh, program before as well. So uh, 
and Tom is a master at finding deals, dog. Tom be finding deals, man. Tom hit me up um, a couple weeks ago, about a month ago. Like, yo, I got a deal. I said, cool. Let, let, what is it? You know, yo, I need six hundred thousand. But I said, look, man, you got you got the wrong number. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but Tom finds deals, though. Tom finds deals for 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 ten, fifteen, twenty grand. But he could also find million dollar deals. But um, I think that's dope that y'all come together. You know, two brothers coming together because. One of the things that I admire about both of you is you're trying to help our people. Like, um, Tom is what well. Tom always hires the young boys from the neighborhood to do work. Mm -hmm. Like, Tom did a um, clean out for me on a property. Like, so I called him up and he pulled right up with a bunch of uh, young boys, put them to work. And you're always looking the same, right? So, part of what you're doing with this is all those problems we talked about, these are some of the solutions. If you teach this skill set to somebody and they can go fish, they can also teach it to the next person, right? Sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Listen, they they could definitely do it, man. And then once you, then once you're doing it, and now you can do it for yourself. You can do it for other people. You might decide to be a contractor. You got your license. You got the skills. You got the guys. This is you can create a whole career from this right here. You know, matter of fact, if you you could just take one of these trades and you could wait, like you know what, I want to be a framer. You frame everybody's house. I want to do demo. Like we're gonna teach you how to do like everything. Like you can. Watch and it's not like I said. It's not watch me work. It's like nah, get in here, get in here and and actually look. And then not only that, I think one of the most underrated parts of rehabbing a house is lighting design. It's so underrated. Like the lights and how the lights will make your house pop. You know, is it a pendulum? Is it recessed light? Is it a six inch? Is it a four inch can? Where do I put these things? And like they, that makes your house pop more than anything else. But it's such an underrated, um, you know, point. Where do where do my receptacles go? Do I put cable in here? Where do the light switches go on the wall? Like these little tiny things, they add to the value of the house. How many ba uh, ba bathrooms can I get? How many bedrooms can I get? In this house right here in particular, it's a door in the basement. What does that mean? You know, what's the, the zoning? Like, what can I do here? What's the best, highest and best use? How can I make the most money? Right. How can you find a deal that's overlooked by other people, but you make money on it? You know, it's like all of these things are like, you know, are hugely important. When I started, you know, my dad was in construction, but my dad was a cash dude. He couldn't tell me about finance and like he didn't tell me about. He had rental properties, you know. So when I started flipping, I had to, I paid my dues. I, I paid a lot of money and mistakes, you know. Matter of fact, the first house I took to flip, I still own. I couldn't sell it. I still own that house, mm -hmm. you know. The second house that I flipped, it took me a year and I ended up selling it for getting my money back and breaking even. I didn't make money until my third year and third house. Then mm. I made some money, you Great know. Point. And so it's like we trying to make we trying to skip steps. We don't we don't want anybody to be discouraged. We don't want people to say this is not for me. And if if, if it's not for you, it's not for you. But it's not for you because you don't have the knowledge. It's not for you because you're going to get burnt and you're scared. We're taking anything that can go wrong. We're taking all of that fear out. And I tell people, I said, I've just bought. I never even saw the inside. I'm that confident in my ability that I don't need to see the inside. The price is right. Talk your trash. Talk, talk it, man. Listen, here's what I want to say real quick, right? So, so Corey and I wrote this classic book right here called Own Your Time and Space, right? Why am I bringing this up? 
So I'm I'm a I'm a course junkie, right? I take court and Malik, you just as bad as I am, dog. It's like we, we talk like we all all of us, we buy everybody's course, man. If you got a course out there and, and me and Malik don't got it, that means your marketing is trash because we buy everybody's courses. But what I will say is, is the one thing about like um courses and, and, and paying for information is it's kind of like owning your time because what you're really paying for is your time because all of the mistakes and everything you made has made you as good as you are today. And if I can learn from you not to make those mistakes, I'm cutting my time like Time is the most valuable asset. So studying with Malik, owning your time, that's what you're doing right there. You are owning your time because you're taking all his knowledge and his resources and you're just like you're jumping ahead of a lot of folks. There's going to be folks out there who are already in the business in the middle of flips or not knowing what to do that you're going to just right, jump right past them. You're going to jump right past them. So I, I would advise everybody to take a serious look at this course that he's put together because um, to me it's powerful like you know, from an economic standpoint but also from a social standpoint because of what can bloom from out of this, man. So I want to salute you for putting this together because I, I appreciate man, that. So let me, let me say this right, here, right? Let, me, let me say this. When you, so when we, when we looking at it, now people that are in a group, since they all, they all basically finding deals, they all not going to want them. So we're going to give them exclusive access to those deals. Before they even hit the streets, you know, everybody that come in, if you want a deal, keep it. If you don't want it, it'll go within the group first. So there's opportunities right there within the group for you to pick up. And this is just this is not a one-time thing. This is ongoing. Like once you're in the community, you're in the community forever. As long as we exist, you know, then you also be in the group. So when we get deals, you'll have access before anybody else. You know, and it's not just if I find a deal, it's I find a deal. No, it's everybody that do the course with us. But if any of them find a deal they don't want, then they put it in a group for everybody else to get access and opportunity to get an off-market deal for the for the best possible price. You know, but now let me just tell you, like when I did this, what I envision now is, is this chain. I envision the chain, uh, maybe you as a buyer or a wholesaler, whatever, buy a house from whoever. If you buy in the hood, probably gonna be my black or Spanish, most likely, but anywhere doesn't matter, right? And then you do have your black rehab crew. I go out of my way to hire, you know, like 90% of my people on my job sites are black. You know, I got actually got an argument two days ago from a random person that called me up on Instagram that she said um, that she has trouble funding. She don't work with black contractors. Um, so she'll look for them no more. I'm like, listen, I work with only black comments. And, and I got mad at her or whatever, but kind of got into it. But um, from a random person, I was just so pissed by that statement. But <laughs> I, I do my best to hire all black everything, right? So my HVAC guy's black, my plumber is black, electrician black. Um, the framer is uh, an Afro-Latino. Uh, my sheet, my sheet rockers, I don't know where they, they are, definitely Latino. You know, I don't know. I don't know why. I can't I can't find like an amazing black sheet rock crew. I, I have not found that yet. You know, um my you and know sheet rock crews listening to watching, make, make sure you let them know that you out there if if you're listening to watching. Um yeah, no, listen, when you brought so, that up so, earlier, when you brought that real quick, that's what say this real quick. When you brought that up earlier, it actually just it smacked me in the face, right? Because how many people eat off one real estate transaction is absolutely insane. Right. Mm -hmm. From the wholesaler to to the buyer to all the different, um, you know, plumbing, electric, HVAC demo, all those people. But then when you get into the title company you brought up, right, they mm -hmm. eat off of it. 
one thing you didn't even bring up the home inspector, right? They eat off of it too. Right. The praise, the praise right. Eats off of it. Listen, I'm, I'm running down, right? So now when I buy, I use either um, Quick Abstract or Lancaster Abstract, right? The two black owned title companies in the city of Philadelphia, I'll use one of them. You know, if I list, I don't always list myself. But if I don't look, it's my other list, there's going to be a black person that listed. You know, on the other side, may it may not be a black realtor. Hopefully it is. Right. But like if my clients, they have now, they're going to have a, a, a black lender, at least a black phone number, sir. Right. A black like Corwin is going to be the inspector more, more than likely. You know, a black home inspection company. Um, Jonathan Stroud, he does the the home warranty. It's on the company, but you know he's black. There's a black ins black insurance company uh, that I use for Allstate. It's still a black insurance company. Um, I know Carla Carla Ely and the boy Jason. They do my builder's risk policies. You know, and everybody everybody black is now eating off these projects, and we go all that circle. Everybody can get money, and that's my vision for doing this. Is to get is like okay, this young boy on the street. Let me show him that he can make more money as a plumber than he can in the street. Like 40, right. like 40 black people eat off one project. <laughs> like, like exactly. Exactly. But if we don't own it, if we don't own the projects, we don't do the deals, we can't hire each other. If we don't do the deals, then we can't hire. We gotta be the ones in the street doing these deals. Yeah. Yo, we have to. What you saying is what you're doing is saying is revolutionary, man. A lot of times people think about things that are revolutionary, they think about marching and all that kind of stuff, like. But when you help someone, you like, just hired food 40 on the table black people and you, you just hired 40 black people. <laughs> <laughs> What's more revolutionary than that? That to me, so like, and, like and you know, that, anybody listening, right? If you're a good painter, if you if you're a good painter, come through, I'll help you set up your LLC. And now you got your paint company, you can do all my jobs. I don't have, I don't have a paint contractor. I got some guys that I got some guys that paint. That ain't the same as a painter, right? <laughs> I need a I got you, Listen, uh, whoever, if you're listening and you know, if you have a good, you know, skills, if you're a painter or you know someone that's a painter, get in contact with this man. Cause like that, what, what he's talking about building is, is like how I envision like our entire operation, which is, um, it's powernomics. It's doing business amongst each other. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, one of the things I feel like us as a community, like we look down on like nepotism It's weird. I see like folks, uh, fathers or something, work their entire lives to put them in position. They say, I want to do it myself. I'm like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm trying to skip this line. <laughs> Pop's putting pop's put in his work so you can skip this line. So skip this line. But um, right. what you're talking about is dope, man. I, I think that's real revolutionary, what you're trying to put together, man. So folks, really take a, um, uh, take a, take a look at what he's putting together and, and check it out. It might be for you, like, because this is something that you can take to your community, um, put your family down with, and, and everybody can eat. You know what I'm saying? Listen, everybody can eat, man. You know, and then also, if you have a, a kid, male or female, in the house, and they're not sure about if they want to go to college or not, my plump, listen, my my HVAC dude, he's only 20 years old. He's a 20 year old high school dropout. He's he's going to be a millionaire in the next two years. Fact. Mm. He he's listen. He got. He told me the other day he got 19 jobs right now. Mm. And he he own, he's 20 years old, black kid, high school dropout, owns the company, got 19 jobs. And out of those 19 jobs, I paid him 
my jobs alone, I think I, I pay them just under $30,000. And just my jobs alone. Like over yep. the, the three jobs I got right now, I paid them like labor material still. But, you know, he got 19 of them, 20 dropout. I'm saying. And so, and he hired other black young boys, you know, he taught them and they work for him. And he's 20. That's yo, no, man, it's, it's, yo, that's, but see, that's, man, that's, that's what I'm saying. Amazing. Yo, yeah, that's we what I'm saying. You need to get him in touch. Give him t- uh, see if he. Yeah, we got. We got. But no, but see, but see, this is what I'm talking about. This is why when I saw what you were doing, I hit you up like, yo, Malia, come. We got to talk about that because this isn't like, um, you know, your normal run of the mill thing. What you're, what you're giving people is an opportunity, but you're showing them how they can help other people eat, and that's that's life changing, man. That's a life changing thing. So. You, you know, know um, one of the things about owning the hood is that you have to own the businesses in the hood. Not only do you have to own the property, but you have to own the businesses, right? Yeah. And so yeah. when you when you giving all of those people an opportunity to eat, that's how you stop gentrification, right? That's how you re get in reentrification. You help the people that's there eat, and then those people will help be able to help people eat, and then that's how that's the cycle that we want to continue. We, we we talk about all of the negative cycles, which you're starting as a positive cycle. And also, yeah, what I want to say is, as bad as I talk about contractors, I'm not the only one because I've talked to other investors and we sit around and bash you contractors all day long. And that also shows me that there's there's an opening for someone who is serious about their business, who takes some um, pride in their craft to kind of kill it. I could probably name 10 other investors right now that are look for um, an amazing GC and you they might come out of your course. Let, and what I'm telling you right now, man, is that the problem is GCs and human, you know, and what I deal with, I deal with addiction as a G, with GCs, you know, as far as alcohol and drugs, uh, w- women problems, you know, want to go through divorce. So they got m- mental issues, you know, not like really being an artist and a craftsman and they work, but not understanding how to run the, run the business. You know, sometimes they get locked up. They have guys that quit, you know, so they, they have to deal with a whole lot um, in, in the mix. And so I understand that. So I kind of cut them like a little more, little slack. But what I do understand is that we like all of, all of our kids either with the college or jail, you know, and so we got to get them back on that on that trade. You know, we got to get more tradesmen out here. You know, I'm telling you, like any any no trade if you a framer if you a sheet you can get rich out here you and the thing is it doesn't what a good gc is somebody that show up when they say they're going to show up and they done when they say they're going done and the work look pretty good you don't have to be spectacular if you just get done you supposed to and you're just a mediocre person that's, that's you're going to get all the way that's a fact that's a fact <laughs> time cuz again your time time is more important than anything else right you can you can like you know, finish within a certain time you're going to make a lot of money out here and here's what another thing i'll say about it is this right so we're going to make sure you hit the link within um the description of, of um this this actual um episode to sign up for this course and if you go through by the hood to sign up for malik's course what we'll do is we'll throw in two of our courses as well because we want to make we're trying to help the people build wealth so if you sign up for Malik's course through us, we're also going to give you the intro to the stock market and also our stock market analysis course. So that's another you know couple hundred dollars in value right there. We'll just give it to you. Um, so therefore, you're going to learn how to be a real estate developer, and you're also going to learn how to take that bread 
And then now you now you're moving in both spaces. Now you're building properties, taking the, the money from that, and now you're building in the market. And then what happens? You start to build that snowball. That snowball goes down. You look up in a couple of years, and you're worth millions. Like so, millions. millions so for sure. that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna throw that in as as a bonus. Just come like come through. Uh, hit the link within our description. Um, you know, and we'll also put it in our. Uh, if you go to our IG page, we'll put it within the link in the bio there as well. So. Man, Malik, I just want to say thanks, man. What you're doing right now, man, is going to help a lot of folks. And, you know, I appreciate you always looking out for the community. It's not just about making bread. It's about, like, you know, working in both spaces. Like I said, this is a social project as well. It's not just about the money. Nah, nah, it's definitely not just about the money, man, you know. But, but um, you know what's crazy, though? I got to put a price tag on it because people don't respect free. If it's free, they're not going to show up every week. They're not going to show up on time. They're not going to come to the house. They're not going to pay attention. You got to put a price tag on it, man. They, they just don't respect learned, free. You know? Oh, and man. The we hard learned way. that the hard way. <laughs> we learned that the hard way. <laughs> we learned that the hard way, dog. They definitely don't, man. So, but, but I'm saying whatever whatever the price is, like when you go, it'll be definitely be worth it. Um, You know, and, and let us know how you feel about it. Like, give us some feedback. But make sure you take a look at what he's got going on because if you know, and if, if it's also if it's not you, if you know someone who's looking to become an investor developer, make sure you um put them down with this episode. And like I said, that what we're talking about goes for everybody. We'll give you the stock, both of our stock market courses as well. And I do want to say this before we get out of here. Um, mm -hmm. this will be out Wednesday. Um, within the same week, we are dropping the intro to the precious metals course because now we're we're bringing people full circle, right? We got the real estate. We got the stocks. Now we're going to bring precious metals. So we're trying to build well-rounded investors, diversified investors who are making money all over the place. That is our ultimate goal. And that course, you know, I feel like I feel like a rapper. Like, yo, that's like my best body of work. You know what I'm saying? Like I put my heart in. So you know how they say when the album come out? Yeah. <laughs> put my heart and soul in. I pour my heart and soul, man. That's my best body of work. But no, it's definitely a fire course. And... um. It'll be 50% off between now and the end of the year. But after that, the price of a brick is going up. So I'm letting you know right now, if you don't buy before the end of the year, you're playing yourself and, you know, you're doing a disservice to your family and your community. But with that being said, though, listen, um, Leek, man, anything else you want to say to our folks before we get out of here? You know you got the webinar coming up this Saturday. We'll put a link to that in there as well. Uh, you know, kind of like your State of the Union. Malik out here, like, you know, getting this presidential thing on. Yeah, Malik St. Patrick. Right. Now, listen, so I will say... You know, I also have my, my course in there um, that I didn't even market it my first time, even mentioning anything about it. It's a, it's a different one. It's called um, Six Steps to Seven Figures. And that's the that's the path that I took. You know, I could show somebody how to make about from $30,000, how they can really, by the time they're 45, they never got to work again and retire. Well, they have hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, and make six figures a year. A tiny 45, you know, making about 30 grand a year. And so I kind of I break that down in a you know easily digestible ch um chunks. And that's gonna be in there. And now I'll have a disc about a hood discount code, you know, in there for people that want to grab that. But the last thing I will say about this program is it's really about vision. And a lot of the time, like our areas and our properties are undervalued, you know, and they're dilapidated and they're cheap. Right, but but what does it look like if we have like a a, um, a lot of newer or developers in general coming to a neighborhood and we take those, we make the neighborhood, we don't displace anybody. 
we just fill up, we just rehab the vacant properties. You know, anybody that's there, cool, you stay. But all those shells and burnouts, those get rehabbed, right? And that builds a community. You bringing people in. You need um, a population to support the businesses that are on the commercial corridors, right? And so if we all descended on an area that nobody's even looking at, we getting it for cheap, we building it up, and everybody get rich together. That's that's another one of the things I like to like to like to do, man. That's right. That's one of your brands. We're rich together, man. That's what it's about, man. Oh, man, make sure you guys go check out his son's brand, man. Trust Fund Kid. I think that's pretty dope, man. Support the young brother, man. Support the young brother, man. Court, before we got anything you want to say, good brother? I mean, Malik started this year getting people a thousand jobs, and now he's actually putting people in position to get those jobs. So, I mean, he's had some some, some crazy, um, you know, things go on this year. And he's really putting people in position to go get this cheddar. So when you know, as when he, when we say he the third leg of the of the bottom hood, like that's that's really what it's about. Like putting people in position to do whatever it is they need to do, so that they can you know we can reduce. There's a, there's a lot of ways to reduce violence, and there's a lot of ways to get people cake. And what Malik has done this year has been amazing. So salute to you, Malik. I appreciate that. I really do appreciate that. Absolutely, man. And for the folks out there, please make sure that, um, you know, you listen to this episode. If you have any recommendations for us in terms of like any of those those contractors or your painters or whatever, let us know. Um, if you want more information, you can reach out to Malik. You see his uh, his his at name is right there. But we'll also put his contact info within the description and you can hit us up and ask us any question as well. And like I said, for those that come through us from Malik's course, we're going to throw in this uh, both of our stock market courses. Um, to get you started in that space as well. So you become a well-rounded investor. Listen, if you can master how to develop property, right? Get money in real estate and then take a portion of your proceeds and put it in the market. Listen, man, that's what the wealthy do. That's what the wealthy do. You don't believe me? Just pick up the Forbes magazine. Like you'll see money within the real estate and buying land. You're not going to see nobody in um, from a Susu or MLM Inside the Forbes magazine, unless they own a company, right? So it's, it's an Amway, right? Am, Amway, that's the, the owners, of the, the owners, the owners of the company, right? And that's that's really via the stock market. That's not necessarily, you know, um, building their downline, right? Oh, I, mean, I guess sure. you could say, <laughs> but but my point is, a lot of times we overcomplicate things, right? And what I mean by that is, you see what people that have money are doing, and you go do that. That's really simple, right? And that's real estate and owning companies, right? It's owning assets, ownership. You know what I'm saying? You move and you then you move from ownership to control. But that's like next level. We're not talking about that yet. So um please share this episode, give us feedback, follow everything that Malik has going on, follow everything we got going on. I just want to say go see him on Saturday. And go see him on Saturday yeah, as, yeah, as, he, as, Saturday. as he gives his state of the union. You know what I'm saying? As he gives his state of the union. You got, you're going to be suited and booted and everything, man. Like, you know, nah, full, nah, full nah, state of nah, the union. Nah, okay, nah. I'm making sure. Let's make sure. All right, y'all. So listen, um, please leave us feedback, man. We appreciate y'all for all the support. And as we always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates. And we'll see y'all in the next episode. Peace.